My name is Tosin Ikuyiminu. I've been in the media and communication space, director of a brand development and digital media. Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewafo, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. Now, let's look at you a little bit because here yeah, we try to pay attention to you as a person and also, of course, what you do uh, because this podcast uh, have to do with a lot of uh, people, particularly the African diaspora and, of course, also Africans at home. For this reason, uh, it is important for us to know who we are, where we are coming from. So, yes, you are talking in Lagos just now. First of all, tell me, how is Lagos today? What is going on in Lagos? Of course within the area of your interest, which is business. Um, so tell me, what, how, is, how is Lagos today for the point of view of business? Okay. Um, Lagos, over the years, have always been, um, like I said, the commercial hub of Africa. Um, people are constantly moving into Lagos. Larger businesses all across the state and the geopolitical zones of Nigeria, people are constantly moving in to Lagos, even you know, you know, people um, outside the country also moving, specifically moving into the country is either they are moving into places like uh, Port Harcourt, Abuja, or most likely Lagos. But most of the time, their preference is always Lagos State because of how the commercial base and the commercial interaction that's always happening. So currently, um, Lagos is at, still at that state, but because of we have a massive number of population trooping into Lagos on a daily basis, demand is always increasing. The cost of things is always on the high side and people are beginning to set up businesses on a daily basis. So um, Lagos is the place where you have one person having five to 10 businesses and he's running it simultaneously as long as he, has his, he or she has a structure that they are working with. So in terms of Lagos and business at the moment, I would say Lagos and business, it's all booming and activities is, is activities, activities are constantly going on. Transactions are constantly going on. So if you say in Nigeria, currently the best place to do business, I will tell you it's Lagos. All right, that's interesting. If there are a lot of people in Lagos, if there are a lot of people uh, that are... Um, uh, that are there uh, moving around and that means opportunity now because those people this lot of people are going to eat this yeah. lot of people are going to dress this, yeah. this lot of people are going to communicate all these are different branches of businesses that somebody can take advantage of exactly so yeah so <laughs> lagos is also full of opportunity right exactly it's a place for opportunities it's a place for opportunity as okay. as you have people you have demand you have needs you have um, interactions, there is, that is where business happens. As long as you have all of that um, component necessary and interactions are going on, then transaction needs to happen and that's the right place to do business. All right, that's interesting. So tell me a little bit about you. Were you born in Lagos uh, or were you born in some other place and you came to Lagos? Yes, so, yeah, I was born in Lagos um, in a community called Ajigunle to be precise. Um, so um, I started off after I was done with uh, my secondary education, which is uh, 
yes, my secondary education, immediately I was done with that. I went to, I joined a training, an ICT training where I learned how to use the computer, you know, I learned how to, you know, you know, do basic things with the laptop, you know, from there I picked up interest in designing and that was how I grew into doing, knowing more, a bit more about communication, business communication, marketing and all of that. Then I now went to advance my degree to get my first degree in mass communication. So yes, I was born in Lagos and I started life in Lagos and I'm still doing business in Lagos today. All right, that's great. So tell me something about Ajegule. For those who have known, who have not been there because it's a name that a lot of people hear quite often. So what, what do you want people to know about Ajegule in Lagos? Okay, Ajegule is, uh, I, I won't say it, it's more or less like, I would say it's a, it's a semi-rural, um, I would say it's a semi-rural environment. So um, there are a lot of, um, a larger percent of the pop populace, which is people that are living in that community, are people um, that are a little bit um, within average. Why a larger percent are also, um, I would sort of use the word, I don't speak language poor, but I would say a bit of um, less privileged. Okay, so people living in that community may not have the opportunity that someone living closer to someone living on the island in, in Lagos here would have. So, um, but one of the interesting things about that community where I, I was born, where I grew up from was, it was a it's a land of talent. So you see young people, you know, exploring their skills in entertainment. In fact, if you, if you do your research a bit um, in Nigeria and in Lagos, to be precise, if they tell you the, the, the origin of entertainment in Lagos, they will tell you it's Ajegunle because that's when you start hearing names of people that are, you know, even global performing artists, you'll be hearing names of Richard Femi, Daddy Shoki, and some other big names in the industry today. So Ajegunle is, is known to be a place for talent. So that's where you, and, some, and most of the tech gurus now that you see in Lagos, some of them, from that same community. Why? Because of people walking through communities like that, like Ajegunle, and pick look out for talent and equip them with relevant skills. And before you know, they are up there. So um, it's it. Like I said, it's a place for talent. And if you're looking out for a place to get young people, equip them with the right skills, and make them become one of the big deals of the country, and also. Of, um, of of Lagos State at large, that's the place to visit. All right, that's good. That's a, a pool of resources now that can be explored. So, growing up in Ajegule, uh, what were the the things that you see around you in terms of what people do in their day to day life? What was the kind of inspiration that you were having that sort of maybe uh, inspire you to be what you are today? Because then you didn't know uh, much, but there was something that was inspiring you. I want to believe. Share with me. Okay. Um. I, I grew up. I grew up in. A, I grew up in a family, uh, and we have four boys. So ready, <laughs> you would know it. In that kind of family settings, you are all. We are all guys, so you have to be up and doing. Okay. So, um, um, my my mom and my dad were always particular about education, no matter no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation of things. And 
for me, after education, after I acquired that education to a certain level, all I wanted to do, I was looking for an avenue to express. I was looking for an avenue to express. So one of the things that helped me when I started going to events, I joined one or two social um, social impact organizations. I started seeing what other um, young people that are from my community are doing in the community and outside the community. And that became a force of inspiration for me to be more. And from, I started out as a public speaker. So I used to go to events to motivate young people like myself. You know, when I started out, I started doing a bit more public speaking and motivational speaking until I evolved into developing interest in communication. And, and I was privileged to, after my training on ICT, I was privileged to work with a consulting firm outside of Ajikunle. And that's what that did for me. It gave me exposure beyond my immediate community. And when I was done with the internship, I came in back to Ajikunle and said, wow, I think we need to do something. And I gathered some young minds together like myself. And we started doing small projects, small projects, advocacy projects in the community. And that was how I evolved into doing business, which is what I'm doing today. All right. You see, the other day I was talking, uh, I was interviewing my brother. <laughs> Actually, it's a very funny thing when you interview your brother uh, in a podcast like this, no? yeah. because we have to talk a lot about uh, our place. I'm from Urumi, Nigeria, which is uh, in a do state. Do state. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, in Urumi, we have uh, a kind of um, entrepreneurship that is uh, common with a lot of people. Of course, this is something not of a big city now, but it's something that we are used to. Of course, we don't call it entrepreneurship, no? In that when you are growing up, you don't necessarily have a government job. So you are going to have to do something, uh, provide, profess solution to the society, and this society pay you. Whether this is in in the terms of you going to cultivate uh, a land now, uh, harvesting the materials, mm -hmm. then the food crop, bringing it to the market, and then negotiating the price for it, and then uh, using the money to buy other things that you need, both for food, for dressing, and for uh, replanting again. All these are what entrepreneurs actually do, what businesses, uh, business owners do every day. Yeah. Um, so I said, well, this is something that is really very common among the people, only that we have not been calling it entrepreneurship. Entrep we have not been calling it, referring to it by these terms. So, if, because now we are trying to look for what can be the solution to African problem. Let's say, pick Nigeria as an, as an example. Because often we expect the government to do it for us. Yeah. But for very many years, we see that the government didn't do it. They are not going to do it. And they are not making any plan to really provide a solution to the people in terms of the job that they are going to do and all that. So, but we can, as we are looking around, we can see that actually the people can even do it for themselves. What they just need is maybe the basic necessity to be able to do it because, okay, the people, I mean, the ordinary people cannot build the main infrastructure that they need. They need the government to do that. Do that, yeah. So if the government can do the basic thing like electricity, like uh, maybe um, like internet, for example, yeah. I don't think Nigerians are lazy. They will be able to find solution to themselves. Yeah. Just looking at the society where they're living and try to prefer solution to that society. And by doing that, somebody pays them for that. That is what life is about. So looking at the, this example from Urumi, 
which is uh, where I'm coming from, where I was interviewing my brother to talk to me about entrepreneurship among the Asian people. Mm. Uh, do you find any similarity to Ajegule, to a place in Lagos where you grew up, where people just look at themselves without waiting for the government? They are trying to prefer solution to a problem. They are trying to be, uh, they try to be industrious. Mm. In this way, they become successful and they can then teach it to other people. Can you find something like that around you? Yes. Um, I am, uh, for, for, for the moment, I'm no longer in, in Ajigule. Uh, but this is my thought. Um, to, be, to, be, to be candid, um, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. So, though, even if you put, give people the right infrastructure, if they don't have information, um, they, it, won't, it won't take effect in their life, all right? Um, a friend of mine will say it is people that make places, not places that make people. Um, so if I, move, um, if I move Nigerians to America and I move America um, and I move Americans to Nigeria, it's just a matter of time. America will become Nigeria and Nigeria will become America. That's the philosophy and that's the people. That's the principle. People would always take over places. So it is very important that you feed people the right information in return would take effect in their immediate environment or in their country at large. So one of the things I've observed, it, it's not really about this community, that community. The real conversation we should have or we should be deliberate about having is the people. If you give people the right information or the foundational information, I call it foundational information, to give them that leverage um, to kickstart and to be something different, they would naturally evolve. That's the humankind. The humankind is where it is today because of evolution. And evolution would not happen except there is foundational knowledge being released. And that's why we are where we are today. So for communities like yours, um, that of Edo State, and communities like Ajegule here, um, here in Lagos, um, if you give people the foundational knowledge, they will thrive. I'm just imagining myself, I'm just imagining myself as at five years ago, assuming I didn't have the knowledge of ICT, how to use the computer five years ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Neither would you have thought of engaging me on LinkedIn to be part of the people that you want to host on this um, virtual conversation, right? So foundational language is very, very important. So if we have the government, if we have also private organizations and institutions, because like you said, the government can't do it alone. We have to work hand in glove with the government, government to see how development can happen. In fact, to be candid, the government alone can't achieve absolute development in the community without private individuals or private organizations. So there has to be some sort of collaboration between the government and private entities to see how we can cause change in our immediate communities. For communities, so for communities like Ajegule and the likes, what they need is give people these basic skills that would help them thrive. You know why we were initially um, having this conversation? I stated that there's a new world of work. There's a new world of productivity. There's a new world of intelligence right now. And if you don't equip this generation and the next generation to come as to the basic skills 
that would give them an avenue to survive, first of all, because if you, you need to first survive first before you start thriving. Okay, so it's just like telling somebody to, it's just like um, questioning an average man that, that has not eaten, that has not been able to eat an average two square meal, and you're asking the man, you're requesting the man to be intelligent or to be productive. You know, that's not, that, that's literally out of point. Okay, so you need to survive. So if you give them that foundational skill or that foundational know-how or knowledge to kickstart life, which is the new age knowledge of being productive. From there, you will see naturally humans would always go out for more, right? Um, in economics, they will always say mankind can never be satisfied. So you give them A, they are questioning where is B. You give them B, they are questioning where is C. So when you give them that base to thrive, then they will naturally evolve. It's just like equipping someone with a basic skill in entrepreneurship or equipping someone with in a basic skills with, um, let's say, um, let's say in manufacturing and say, okay, I'll teach you how to manufacture this kind of product. And before you know, the person now knows how to manufacture that kind of product. The next thing, the person is going out looking for funds, somebody to support and invest. And before you know, he or she, with time, with consistency, get funding. And before you know, the person starts up a business, employ more people, and that's how it goes. But if the person does not have that foundational knowledge, there's nowhere to start the conversation. So I'm saying government agencies, private institutions, to come together and say, how can we create effective programs to work into communities like yours and that of Ajigule and say, how can we equip this generation? What I'm saying, this generation, I mean this generation of young people and also the next generation to come. Aside education, what are the relevant things that is necessary for them to thrive in the current economy and the economy to come? The people need information. In fact, I believe information is everything, really, because, if, like you said, if you don't know how to do things, it's going to be difficult for you to, to do things, no? But the people are going to be hungry, because, like I said before, we see that if we wait for... Uh, the government to provide this information they are not going to do it maybe this is where it comes to what we are talking about today yeah. uh, which is the strategy for people like you who maybe grew up in a certain community understand what the people need then you go and find out and then share with them mm. i think that is how we are going to be able to solve our problem Definitely. you yes. see now uh, currently that is the idea that is circulating around in nigeria not just idea but already in practice Mm. which is a solution to the Nigeria power problem. People are beginning to stop solar energy in their houses. Mm. And people are studying it. People are beginning to understand that they can actually do this. Very soon, you will see that most of those things, not all of them yet, but mm. most of those things will be produced locally. Mm. Because yeah. it will be several hundreds of years that man will be tapping into the power of electricity. So it doesn't make sense that in 2022, we should still be asking, when shall we have light? Light. Hmm. You see? So the people need to understand that they have power. This power of theirs, they are going to have to use it the way they want. One, anyway, we're going to probably come to this later. Hmm. Uh, I want to understand, how did you get started with media strategy? This is very important for me. Now we understand who you are and where you are coming from. Tell us how you got started uh, into what you are doing today. Okay. Okay. So how I got started. Um, so like I said, I was privileged to work as an intern. 
to a, a business development consulting firm. Um, this was this was back then in 2016, and it was it was a big privilege for me. Um, it was the first opportunity I had had to gain external exposure aside the exposure I had in my immediate environment. So. Um, while I was working there, I was exposed to a bit of business development, a bit of corporate communications, and that was how I built interest right, um, in, that, in that space. And for me so far, it has been a, a journey of evolution. So um, in 2018, when I started out uh, my company, it wasn't really clear. It wasn't all fixed. I didn't really have, I didn't really have clarity of what we were going to do. So... We gave it a name, we registered it, and as soon as we registered it, we started out as a communication consulting firm. And what we were just doing for organizations were training. So we go and propose pitch training for the staff and all of that. So as, as, as not after we started engaging one or two small scale, medium businesses, engaging them, training their staffs and their team, that was when we now had the opportunity to actually build a relationship with some of those um, small-scale businesses. And we now started discovering their challenges in business. So we now realized one of their challenges, one of their key challenges was, was marketing. Some, one of their challenges was sales. Why others was, their challenges was how they can tap into new age media, which is social media these days, and how they can tap from it to be able to improve their business communication, business sales, and marketing. And this was how we evolved naturally. So clients started asking us, can you do this? Can you do that? And in my own dictionary, <laughs> my own dictionary, nothing you tell me, as long as it's something that is feasible and is workable, I will always tell you I can do it. So that was <laughs> when I started having the opportunity. So when clients tell me, can you do this? I said, yes, I can. And before you know, I'll go back home, I'll start doing research. I started asking questions. I started making calls. I said, do you know somebody that can do this? What do you think about this? And that was how I started learning. And I started, then from there, it got to a stage, I realized I was already in practice. So I had to go and take some online courses, join some physical training bootcamp, advanced my skill in it. So I was already doing business and I was training myself on the job. So it, it was quite funny, but it was an exceptional experience for me. And this is how we have now evolved into a brand development agency that we are today. But it didn't start how that way. It wasn't all figured out. So we evolved into, into what we are today. And our, as a result of need and solution. So we realized we're solving specific problems for our existing relationship. And we needed to evolve. And that was how we became what we had. Mm, that's very interesting. I, I like what you said, no? that when somebody asks you, okay, in this case, businesses ask you, can you do this? You never tell them, I cannot do it. You start to tell them, I can't do it. You look at the problem as something that, like a, like a, like a, a kind of a game that yeah. you must win. Yes, yes. That's and, then, <laughs> and then you go home and find the solution to it. This is really the spirit of entrepreneurship. Yeah. In that you are trying to see opportunity in the problem itself. Non, oh, that is a problem where I can't do that. I can't cross it. They, that is the end of it. No? Yeah. 
<laughs> it's all about taking risks. And that's that's the foundation of it. It's all about taking risks. That's one. Then it's all about asking yourself the question of, of what is necessary. How can I be more? And that's when they, when they talk, when they basically talk about business development. That's what we are talking about. What is the next phase? How can we be more? How can we serve our clients better? How can we deliver more value? How can we be extra? How can we do something more? That's what entrepreneurship is all about. So if your inability to take risks and your inability to question yourself reasons why you should improve at your game, you would lose being in business and you will be out of the market. So um, that, this was the basic, this was the foundational spirit I had, even when I knew nothing. It was a foundational spirit I had, and which is the fuel of my success today. That's so lovely. That's so lovely. All right. Now, somebody is still wondering, what does it even mean by media strategy? Can you like explain it a little bit for those who do not yet understand what it means? Okay. So media media strategy is is in is in two ways. So you are either doing this for a brand. Or you are doing this for an organization. So when I mean a brand, basically you are either talking about um, an an individual or an image of something or an image of something. That's why brand. Or you are doing it for an organization, a group, an organization in the sense a group of people coming together with a set objective and goal. All right. So uh, while this is very very important, it connects to the idea of media because either you like it or not. Because you are a brand or because you are an organization, you interrelate with people. Right? Because you interrelate with people, the whole idea of developing perception, ideas as to the way you want to position yourself to those people you are interacting with is where media strategy comes to play. So is either you call it media or communication strategy. Are we together? Right? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so, so it's either you call it media or communication strategy. So what it's about is because we know either as an individual or as an, as an organization or a brand, you are interacting with human beings, you're interacting with people. So because of we understand that foundation, we are now saying, okay, there's a way you should position yourself to be able to interact with them efficiently and effectively, which is where engaging an agency comes into play. Say, okay, let's help you with your media and communication strategy. And that's, that's why we bring in ideas. Okay, you need to be on social media. You need to be doing this. You need to develop your communication pattern. You need to have a communication. You need to have a brand strategy. This is the way we want your company to see you. This is the way we want your audience to see you. This is the way we want your team, your in-house team to be communicating. Is what media and communication strategy is all about. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. All right. Now, how did you develop the mindset to be able to, of course, this is relating both to the question before and, and even now, no? because now you are, you are going to a company and telling them that you are going to be able to provide a solution uh, to their problem. Yeah. Uh, this has to do with uh, believing in yourself to even start with, no? so yeah. that even though you don't have all the solution immediately, you go around training yourself, learning how to come with a solution that is going to satisfy them. Yeah. Because if you are not going to satisfy them now, you can even go away with the money that they have given you. Sure. But that is the end of it. They are not going to call you next time and you are not going to be in business for a long time. No? Mm -hmm. For the fact that you are remaining in business, meaning that you are satisfying your customers somehow. So tell me this about this mindset. How did you develop it? 
this entrepreneurial mindset. Help me with it. Okay, so how it started for me was um, I started with myself. I started with myself. So what I always tell people is you are your first client. You are your first client. So if first of all, if you don't believe in yourself, you cannot do the extraordinary or you cannot do beyond the norm, right? Then secondly, how to evaluate yourself is after you now believe in yourself, you now have to question people within your immediate environment and saying, okay, do you think I am doing this right? What is your take? What is your opinion? Am I doing it so well? Um, and what is your take regarding this work I have just did? So if your family and your immediate peers can't believe in your vision, then no clients will give you money because of they believe in you. I don't know if you get my point. So um, you are your first client. So for me, when I started out in 2018, the focus was if I'm going to be pitching to my client to say, let's, we want to develop a communication and media strategy for you. I need to be able to do that excellently for myself. So sometimes I walk into a, a pitch meeting and I tell my client, Google me. It's as simple as that. I tell them, Google me. That alone is a good media and communication strategy. So when they Google me, I'm like, wow, Mr. Tusing, you've done this, you've done that, you've done this, you've done that. I'm like, okay, wow, fantastic. I didn't have to tell you that this is who I am and this is what I've done. Just Googling me gave you insight as to what I have done and my track record so far. That, so far. that is exactly what we want to do for you. And when you tell a client that, they're like, wow. So there's no need for too much um, grammar and too much words you have already pitched an idea that is credible in the reflection of who you are and what you do. So for me, I would say the mindset started if I am going to be saying I want to do this for a client and I'm going to be collecting money. I need to, first of all, project it in myself because either you like it or not, we are all a brand. You as we are speaking today, you are an image, you are a brand. So if I cannot be, if I will not be able to excellently create a brand or communication or media strategy for myself, then there's no way I can boost or I should boost that I can do that for a client, collecting money. So you get so for me, my the principle was I needed to be my first client. And the way I could be my first client was do the job for myself, then use that as an evidence or a track record to say, hey, I could do this for you, but you have to pay for it. That's interesting. Wow. And that leads me to um, communication. Um, now, let, let's spend some time here. Uh, what is the role of communication in business? Okay. Um, I, th I think I already mentioned one, and, and I said, first thing first, perception management. Perception management is very, very important. Um, why is, before we even start communication, before you start interaction, I want to have an idea of who you are. So why we started this presentation, the first thing you said is, Mr. Tommy Tosin, I would like to know more about you. Tell me um, a bit about your background and who you are. And that's what communication is all about. So before people want to start having that brand conversation with you, before they start inquiring who you are as an organization or as a company or even, or even as an individual, they are constantly questioning in themselves in their head of who you are. So the job of communication strategy or communication generally is 
creating, selling an impression before you even start speaking. So communication is not just limited to speaking. I know you know that. So um, the whole idea, the whole science behind creating a perception before they experience you is what communication is about. And it is actually a powerful objective or a powerful strategy or reason why every business should have a communication strategy. And, and that's one powerful thing, perception. Perception first. Then secondly, you now have a perception. It takes a lot of communication work to actually sustain that perception. And that's where public relation comes into play. And that's where PR. So yes, you now have a perception. People now have a perception about you, but they need to sustain it. Because something can come in and that might disrupt the perception they have about you as an organization or as a business. So you have to sustain that communication by constantly communicating and developing strategies to let your audience and your clients know that, okay, you still stand by this. No matter the circumstances, you still stand by this and all of that. And that's where PR is. So it helps with perception management. It also helps for public relation. Then lastly, a very important part of um, communication to business is marketing. It's marketing because um, the sole aim of every business is to make some level of interest or profit. So when I say interest or profit, I'm not limiting it to monetization. I'm also limiting, I'm also laying emphasis on social value or social interest. Okay, so, and also financial interest too. So um, if you are running a business with the whole of making, with the sole aim, of making profit, you have to communicate your solution, right? Or you have to communicate your product, or you have to communicate your service. So in doing that process, that's where marketing comes into play. So you need communication strategies. You need communication generally to be able to tailor your message appropriately in such a way that it is compelling to your prospective audience or your prospective clients that will be interested in your solution, your service, or your product. So Communication helps in these three major components. Like I said, first, perception management before we even start up the conversation. Then public relation, when we now have a perception, we need to sustain it. Then getting my value or my product or my, um, or my solution out there, I need communication to sustain it, and which is where it helps in marketing. All right. Because it's so important, it's vital to the success of a business. Of course, not only to the success of a business, if you look at a country, um, communication is also very, very important. Yeah. Uh, that is why every country that knows what they are doing, picking uh, the, 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 the Minister for Information, yeah. or Ministry of Information, the head of it, is very, very important because you don't play with that. That is the salesperson for the country. Definitely. If you, if you sell the country badly, you are going to reap the reward. If you sell it good, you are also going to reap the reward. So in business, it's still the same. Um, if you have a good uh, communication line for the business, the people will know. And True. if you also have a bad one, the people will also know and the consequences thereof. Mm. Now, looking at you personally, was there a time in your business that you didn't understand the best way to communicate? How did you become good? How did you manage to fill up those gaps? Help me understand that. And um, for me, it all started with personal communication. So I needed to, before I could pitch to someone or a client that I could do this, I needed to start it with myself. 
So when I when I had when I started having issues, but when when I was trying to kickstart myself, launching myself, and say, okay, how do I create that perception? How do I, you know, create that personal and that uh, public relations for myself? And how do I start marketing myself? And that's where my challenges started from. So for me, it was more or less like, okay, I want to do this for myself. And it came with a lot of mistakes. Um, at some point, yeah, I gave myself wrong bad PR. <laughs> you get, I made all my mistakes with myself. At some points, I gave myself bad PR. At some point, I wasn't making sales. So I knew that there was something wrong with my communication. At some point, um, people had wrong perception about me. Do you get so at some point I always had issues with communication strategy while I was implementing it for my personal brand and also for my business brand. So that was for me, that for me was like a, a take-home strategy of okay, wow, you are 40 years. I think you should learn this and adjust, move forward. Because there are some mistakes like that you don't want to make with a client. Like you said, it is the it is the backbone of every business and it's the backbone of selling your personal brand too. So all the mistakes I made started off with myself and I, I kept on adjusting and I kept on evolving. And that's the reason why that's the reason why I am at the, the level in terms of my level of expertise in what I do today because of, I tested it, I tried it with myself, I also tried it with businesses and I realized it's working. So that's the reason why the more um, testimonials I get from new clients, the more I chase new clients to say, okay, wow, well, I've done this for this person. I've done this for this person. I can also do it for you. So it came with a lot of mistakes. With time, we evolved and we started getting testimonials and we used those stories to get new clients. Uh, as you started to uh, build your business, as you started to develop your business, mm -hmm. uh, were there people that you were looking up to as a kind of reference who you would say, okay, uh, I want to be like this person one day and you continue to work on yourself to sort of grow and become like them? Yeah. Uh, I mean, did you have these people maybe around you or maybe far away from you that you can share with us? Yes, I had I had people, but most of the time they were they were far. Um, I had and I still have and I still have because for me, even at the level I am today, it's still as a result of continuous growth and there should always be a need to improve at what you do. So initially, yeah, when I started, I had um, the likes of Jafet Omojua. I don't know if you know Jafet Omojua, yeah. So I, I was really seeing his work and, and I was impressed with the way he was doing it efficiently for himself via the use of social media. I was also impressed with the work of uh, um, um, Bola Williams, which is the CEO of Red Media. Uh, I saw what he was doing and I, and I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And I think I want to emulate this pattern. You know, you might not be able to copy or you might not be want, you might not be able to want to uh, emulate all the absolutely all the parts of their life and their business, but you might just pick a particular part and say, okay, I think this is something this person is doing that I like, and I think I want to also explore the same. And that's how it has been for me. So those are the two people in my field that are actually doing top notch, and I and I've looked into their work and their craft, and I'm like, okay, wow, I want to do something like that. Before uh, you did make mention of the fact that. Um now I'm thinking back to where you are coming from, no? mm. where you were born, and the first few things that, that came to your consciousness, no? which was in a jiggle. And you didn't make mention of the fact that 
there are there was some people there are still some people are still more people are going to come from that uh, small part of lagos yeah uh, to represent nigeria and make their voice heard in the world mm. so what i'm trying to understand is is there any way that place that you lived in mm. have any influence in what you are doing today in what way yes um yes it has it has it has a major in fact it has a lot of influence that's something that I don't. I, that's something I usually don't say a lot to people. But yes, where I came, where I came from, had a lot of effect as to who I am and what I do today. Um, if you have an encounter with anybody from Ajegule, one of the things they would tell you is Ajegule are dogged people. We are dogged people. We are always trying to ah this thing. I will do it. I can do it. Ah no ah, you know. So um, that's one unique um, attribute. An average person coming from Adjugule, the city of Adjugule, has they were always dogged. So, so when I told you, when a client tell me, "Can you do this?" and I say, "Yes, I can," that's a spirit I actually took <laughs> from the community of Adjugule. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I there's a whole lot. Then, aside that, there's also this thing of knowing how to uh, Adjugule comes. Uh, it's like I said, it's it's like an, a community of entertain, entertainment. So entertainment started from Ajegule in Lagos. So because of that, every Ajegule person has that natural instinct of how to dress, how to look good, and all of that. So it's more or less like fashion. Fashion is like is a major thing there. So what that has been able to do for me, it has been able to influence my looks. Do you get uh, people have one-on-one when people have one-on-one encounter with me, they say, I like the way you, you you dress. I like the way you put up colors. I like the way you choose your outfits. I like the way, even just looking at, merely looking at my DP, some people are like, wow, I want to meet this guy. So all of that attributes were also things I picked up from my community. So I would say for Ajegunle, yes, the doggedness, like, oh, this thing, we'll do it. We'll achieve it. We can do it. Uh, it comes natural for every Ajegunle person. Then followed by, that high taste of fashion. With that kind of mindset that you have, um, if you were to have somebody that is learning under you, uh, maybe this person uh, might not necessarily be from a Jegule, yeah, or and he doesn't know what is happening at Jegule because you have inherited this positive attitude of a place like a Jegule and is helping you today, and you were to build somebody up based on that, yeah. where would you start from, and what would you tell this individual? Okay, I, I already have, um, for clarity, I already have people I'm working with. And in fact, we are an agency and we are made of um, five team members and we are working on the globe. In fact, some of them are from Adegu, right? Some others are not from Adegu. So I'm also particular about um, people from my community too and seeing how I can work with them. So in connection to your question, if I'm to give an advice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I'm to give an advice from someone coming from my community, I would, I would, I would say generally, um, I would say generally because one of the things they are prone to is the if you are coming from an average community of Ajigunle, you are there's always this exuberance. There's always this exuberance. I had that too. I had that too in my early days when I was starting. It's great to be exuberant about things, but it's also good to actually pay attention to process, right? You take it step by step, step by step, before you get to the peak. And that's how 
life works generally, right? Um, so if you are coming from that environment, there's a huge tendency that you may lose that gap because you always want to push things. You always want to be more. You always want to, you, you always want to rush. That's the word. You always want to rush to things. So, but life doesn't generally work that way. At some stage in my life, I, needed, I knew I needed to go back, learn some skills, go back, get some mentors, go back, study some things, read some things before I can push up. Yes, great, fantastic. I didn't have it all when I, when I started. But even as I was on it, I knew I needed to go back to the grassroots and start developing some new skills that will help me upscale. So um, if I'm giving anybody of such an advice, I would say pay attention to your process. Pay attention to your process and keep learning. Keep learning. No one is an island. So even as much as you know, there's also a lot you still need to know. So keep learning. Uh, pay attention to your process because the money is even in the process because when you are in the game, in fact, people don't just pay me for the value I have to offer. today. People pay me for the years of, of experience I have gathered. So that's the power of process. So if you actually look into those things and you pay attention to process and you keep learning on your game, definitely you'll be at the top. I love that. The money is in the process. You see, somebody uh, wake up one day and say, I am going to be rich. <laughs> and that is good, though. Uh, then the person start the process. Um, like um, uh, Jim Raw would say, yeah. it's, not what you, it's not what you make that actually is a big deal. It is what you become in the process True. that actually you should be looking into. True, true. Because if it is what you make, remember that what you make can actually be taken away from you. Yeah. I'm not saying it should be taken away, but it can be taken away from you. Yes. But if you understand the process, if you have become something now, then you can recreate it again. Yeah, true. So I believe you. I, I, I really um, salute what you're saying there, that it is a process that is more, the process is more important than actually what you get at the end of the day. True, true, true. Talking of the process, the strategy, how do you get clients in the Lagos business environment? Okay, for me, it's a two-way thing. Um, so a, a larger percent of my clientele was as a result of referral, was as a result of referral. So like I said, we do job A, we do job A, and job A tells the next person and the person brings in your B. That's how we have been. We have been, you know, growing, getting our clientele over the years. But and one of the things, one of the major components aside referrals that helps us helps us is we do a lot of um, we do a lot of activities. So one of the things that helped me is I go to networking events. I also reach out to people that are doing programs and projects. Sometimes I facilitate sessions and speak on their platform. So when I speak and I tell people my work, um, some people engage me from there. So, yeah. so it's more or less like my personal PR or my personal activities has a way it helps influences clientele to pull to the business. Um, Aside that, a bit of referral. Then we do a bit of social media marketing. So we are always pushing ourselves on social media, using social media. We are very active on social media, pushing ourselves, talking about our craft, 
sharing our testimonials, testimonials of our client, telling people that this is what we do, this is what we have done. And that over the years has also helped us to grow our clientele. So basically, in Lagos, to be candid, in Lagos, for you to grow your clientele, I don't care the business you are doing, most especially when your business is service-oriented, you have to go all out. You have to, you have to socially network. You have to socially engage people. You have to go all out. So if you want to go for networking events, you can go. If you want to go for brand activation, you can go. If you want to sign up for contests and then competitions, you can go as a brand. You know, all of those social activities and social interaction help make your business more feasible. Then a bit of putting digital marketing into your business would also help boost you. In fact, it makes you go faster. As long as you put in, in between those two, it will help you. Then referral. If your work is good, it will market itself. I always tell people that in business. So if your craft is good, it will market itself. The person that you've done that job for, that good job for, will one way or the other preach your language. It will preach your job. And when they preach your job, clients keep coming, clients keep coming. You get so all businesses will tell you that one of the backbone of their sustainability is referrals, and it's applicable anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Now, let's look at maybe what can be a possible error in somebody that is building a business. Uh, because, like you said, uh, a referral is very important, which means now that you need to treat the one that you have at in your hand right now where otherwise it's not going to refer you, though. No? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> And it's about service. No, this is the economy that is referred to as the service economy because yeah. it has gone at the day that you will just open your counter and put some few things there. I think people will come, and of course, people will come really. But if you don't treat them well, they will not come the next day, the next time. No, yeah. so it is good that we learn to treat people well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, looking at all these, looking at the acquisition of clients and retaining them, most importantly. Uh, what do you think uh, are the errors that maybe new businesses are facing? Because in this podcast, we have a lot of people that are starting out in business. And I will try to pay attention to them. With my experience, I would, I would say one of the major issues businesses are feeling is emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. Um, first, you must understand that you are serving human beings very first fact that you are serving human beings your solution is for human beings i don't care what you do your product is for human beings your solution is for human beings your service is for human beings. directly or indirectly you your product or your service or your commodity is interacting with human beings and because of you are interacting with human beings you are dealing with emotions okay so because you are dealing with emotions your strategy your communication, your value proposition has to be emotionally centered or emotionally conscious. That's the word I wanted to use. It has to be emotionally conscious. So if you are designing a product from the perception of the product to the product value, the value proposition, down to how the product gets to the customer or the client, it has to be emotionally conscious, okay? If you are developing a marketing tactics or a communication strategy, you have to be emotionally conscious because of you are dealing with money. And, and I've seen one of the major issues businesses face in Lagos and in Nigeria at large is 
they are not human-centered designed. So it's more or less like you are designing something to sell to robots and you think they are just going to accept it just like that. It doesn't work that way. So you have to, first of all, interrelate the product with human beings then before you start pushing it. So you design your communication strategy, you design your product uh, marketing, you design your product perception and everything that you are doing, including your service, in such a way that it best communicates, it best, it's best fitting to the demand of human beings, which is emotions. Because most of the time, when it comes to, when it comes to, um, when it comes to needs and human needs and desires at the end of the day, there are two principles that they don't joke with. You don't joke with your logic and you don't joke with your emotions. If people are not buying from you because of a logical reason, they are buying for you for an emotional reason. In fact, higher percentage of the time, most of the time, people are buying for you from you because of emotional reasons. So you have to be emotionally conscious. Your brand needs to be conscious of that. Your product needs to be conscious of that. And your internal team, because I've seen people lose clients, I've seen people lose customers because of bad customer service, right? So all of that rudiments put together, if you have a team, if you have a product, if you have a business model that is sensitive, you will stay in the game. You will stay in your game for long. So I think that is one key thing that every business needs to pay attention to for them to sustain um, their existence. Then... Lastly is um, also pay attention to your communication. Uh, most people are just doing business. They are just doing business. They are constantly just doing business. And I give you value edge. You give me money Z. Then we go our separate ways. We come again tomorrow. But communication is what determines if the person will come back tomorrow. I don't know if you get my point. So communication is is the, is, is, is the thing that will determine if the person will come back tomorrow. So if you don't keep hands on tab, if you are not in touch with them, you won't know if they are looking out to engaging another person and take, leaving you, you get patronizing another person, you won't know. So something sometimes, at, even at the grassroots level of market women in our conventional market, so when they see their customer pass by, they will say, ah, madam, good afternoon. How is family? I didn't see you last week. I hope all is well. That's part of PR. Okay? So you have to pay attention to your communication because it is, it is actually the fuel of your business. So most people are just doing business in a common way and they don't have a strategy to actually maintain and you know, keep tabs on their customers, their audience, and all of that. So pay attention to both your external communication and your internal communication, which is the communication going on within your team and your structure organization and the communication you are passing out to your clients, customers, and prospects. Very important. Then lastly, businesses need to constantly pay attention to the idea of what is changing. What is changing? We are in the fourth industrial revolution, so the way people do business is changing. Um, the way people interact is changing. The way we are communicating is changing. Do you get so? Because of that, your business model needs to constantly change. Your product, your product um, strategy needs to constantly change. In fact, your product demand and pattern needs to change because of people are changing. Okay, so if people, if businesses are not asking these questions, 
it is always swift for them to go out of business because of one small competitor will just come and take you off the market because they are doing research. They are constantly asking themselves, what is changing in the game? What is changing in the game? Um, there are a lot of business, businesses that have been existing and they, have not, they didn't tap into the digital revolution. They, didn't, they, were not, they have not been maximizing social media to push their product, to push their services, to do PR and all of that. When small startups and SME came, and they were doing that, they shifted them out of the market. So you get so it's very important that you pay attention to what is changing and you constantly review and go through your business strategy and your product and your commodity and you review and adjust, you review and adjust to ensure that it is constantly fitting in to the new age and time of um, to the new age and time of your prospect customers audience. Then lastly is it is the digital economy. You have to digitalize your business. You have to digitalize your business. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you are into. In fact, that is what agencies like us preach to clients, and that's how we get clients. We tell them, I don't care what you do. I don't care the solution you prefer as an organization, be it service, be it product base. Your business needs to be digitalized because the business of the future is digital. So if you are a service-oriented based business, how can people access your service digitally? Okay. If you are a products-based, um, um, if you are a product or commodity-based um, um, business, how can people access your product virtually? How can I look into, how can I get all the information I need to get to get about your about your product without necessarily looking for ways to come to your address or your shop or um, find a way to come to your, come and see, how, how do I have to necessarily come to see your factory to know that this is the quality of what you are producing and all of that before I can build trust? How can I build, how can your business be designed in such a way that virtually your client, a prospect client can check you out, build trust in you, communicate with you, reach out to you, and the next thing they have the product in their doorstep. So you get all of these rudiments every business needs to pay attention to because of one of the big things about the future is human contact is going to be reduced. It's the future now. Human contact is going to be reduced. You and I, we are on a call and we are having a conversation and you, don't, you have not seen me. You, you don't even have a full idea of who I am, where I am at the moment, but we are communicating, we are interacting. You have an idea of who I am without meeting me physically in person. And that's what the economy is evolving to. And that's what digital economy is all about. So every business needs to design a pattern and a strategy to which they can be digitalized. If not, they are already digging the grave to going out of extinction. <laughs> I love that. And also looking at the fact that uh, all across Africa, you know, this is going back to what we were saying in the initial, no? that we need to look for a way to provide solution to our problems. And in most of uh, one of the primary of this problem is job. Now, people need to create job for themselves. And how they need to do it, like you are saying, because we are in the fourth industrial revolution, you just need to connect to the grid. Mm. And when we are in the grid, by grid, I mean the internet, yeah. you can you just need to do a service to the people. And these services are multiples. You can do anything at all as long as it helps people live better. 
So that idea of we are going to stay in the farm and start tilling the soil, we need to remove it from our head. Mm. That is not the concept of the fourth industrial revolution, uh, agriculture. Yeah. We are talking of agriculture now where you can actually remotely cultivate the land. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can use machine for everything Every that was tedious for us to do. Mm. So and I know that people are afraid that the machine, the technology, and robots are going to take away the job. Yes, they are going to take away your job if all you do is to till the land. Mm. If you refuse to innovate, you are going to lose job. So, but if you innovate, if you know how to innovate, that robot that is coming is going to be for you to use. True. All right. Uh, I want to. I'm sort of curious, no? In that when you were saying that the the goods, the services that we have in Nigeria, and by extension, of course, in many other places, mm. I don't, um, I don't people oriented. Yeah. So I'm trying to see if there is a reason why. Uh, the goods and the services, the economy is designed this way. Is it because people don't yet understand it or somebody's making error? Um, I, I would say logically, when it comes to customer service and emotional intelligence generally, is a human error. It's actually a human error. Um, so logically, I would say most of the time, organizations don't equip their staffs. I'm talking about internal communication now. They don't equip their staffs to be aware of the significance of these two things, customer service and emotional intelligence. They don't equip their staffs with trainings to be aware and be conscious of these two components as it is the fuel of keeping their clients, keeping their business and all of that. So I think the angle of training is very essential. And that's one of the reasons why that has not been, that has been a major issue. Then, then secondly, um, we need to, okay, I'm a Nigerian and I need to be honest with you because I need to be, I, I need to be as, as honest as I can. A lot of people are underpaid, right? A lot of people are underpaid in terms of, I'm talking in terms of the employment landscape today in the country. A lot of people are underpaid and when people are not paid well, they won't put their heart they won't put their mind, they won't commit themselves fully into a business. No matter, I don't care whatever, whatever I don't care the nature of the business, what they are do their job role, what they do and all of that. If people are not properly motivated, that's the word. If people are not properly motivated, averagely they won't put in their best. And that's what most of the times, most of the time, aside training, most of the times that's one of the major issues. So, you see somebody walking into the office space, frowning, office space, frowning his face. Maybe um, he's looking at his bills and he's comparing it to his salary for the month. <laughs> there is no relationship. And the person, after salary is being paid, the person is still going back to debt, working the following month and all of that. So the person is coming to work with frustration. So how can you expect that same person to give absolute customer service to a client, do you get so uh, you you can't be telling me to apply emotional intelligence when I'm not emotionally okay. But, so, but say for example, the people you are talking to are self-employed; they own their business, and they are yet not um, not doing quality customer service. See, yeah. a couple of months ago, I interviewed uh, a UK author uh, who wrote a book that that was titled "Customer Service," and she was referring to the situation. Um, relating to African diaspora 
the and the Caribbean, of course, the Caribbean are people that are coming from Africa, no? Uh, because the situation that you are uh, going to be complaining about there in Lagos, in Nigeria, we also have it here in the diaspora. Yeah. A lot of African businesses here yet do not give quality customer service to their customer. And we have been complaining about it here. So welcome on board. Please talk more about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no problem. Fantastic. Sure, sure, definitely. So like I said, training is also it's also one of it's one of the major for if, if most especially when you look into business owners, people that are owners of the business and they have poor customer service themselves and they they have um, they have poor customer service and they also have um, um, lack of emotional intelligence is actually personal development, which is a human error. It's training. Then I just had to use the the employment um, underpaid employment issue because of it's very common in Nigeria here. Do you get it? So, um, but a large percent of the time it is always training, lack of training, lack of training. Because there are situations where I've been in contact with you. You know when you are working, when you own a business, you are interrelating with people from different background. Diverse background, diverse upbringing, different perception, different religion. So your ability is to still know how to communicate to them nicely, irrespective of where they are coming from, shows that you have emotional intelligence. And your normal brain, your normal, um, your normal programming is not is not structured to do that well. So it takes external training to be able to do that. There are situations whereby my client pisses me off and I'm like, oh my God. But I'll still be like, mm, take a deep breath. <laughs> take a deep breath. Okay. Okay. Now, say it like this. That's not what I initially wanted to say. But I have to reprogram myself that this is the way you should say it to get the best result out of it. Okay. So it takes intentionality. It takes training and reprogramming to actually be emotionally sensitive and conscious. So if you as a CEO does not have that training, forget about it. You are you are even getting it wrong. Because as, even if you have it as a CEO or the owner of a business, you have to train yourself. Because if you don't train your staff, they are going to be interrelating with your clients and you're going to have the same issues. So if you don't even now have it as a training, as, as the owner of the business, then you would obviously not see reasons why your staff should have that training. So um, absolutely absolutely yeah yeah uh, maybe on another occasion we can really talk more about these uh, soft skis actually last year we we did the entire year just talking about soft skis because they are very important for communication then how to engage with people emotional intelligence and all of that they are very important and because these things actually are not taught in school people don't think it is important but they are very important let me give you another instance then of course we are going to move out from here um I was in Nigeria, that was 20, 2013, you know? and then I just came down from the flight, and they were inside, of course, Lagos uh, International Airport. No. Then there was this custom officer, a very old woman, <laughs> to start with, because that already start now to say that the Nigerian government is not selling the country where, no? yeah. because at least the person that should have been in that position should have been a young woman or a young man who know mm. how to smile. Mm. Tell people welcome to Nigeria, no? But putting an old woman there as a custom officer, uh, mm. who okay, now what happened was this: uh, one of the flight attendants uh, asked this custom officer a question. 
I think she wanted to know where to go. I, I don't know, remember exactly what she asked her, but she, the, way, the, the custom officer, the way she responded to this woman, I was ashamed. Mm. Because how can you do that? You are just telling this guest to Nigeria that this is how we do it in Nigeria. Mm. You just shout on me for asking you a question. How can you do that? Anyway, communication, that is where we are. Mm. Uh, what would you recommend maybe as the effective communication strategy to adopt for maybe small businesses? Mm. Because this is something that we have to do. We have to do it for our businesses if we want to survive. Because I repeat again, this is the service economy. It is basically designing your business to be human-centered. Right? Designing your business to be human-centered. If you are designing your business from start, from the starting, from the foundation, and you are designing it that we want to be able to meet people's need. We want to be able to make people happy. So if you're a restaurant, your solution is you want to create a, um, you want to give people food in a comforting and comfortable environment, right? So that's it. The business is already human-centered. If you are a saloon, your solution is um, cut people's hair, you know, give them a nice haircut and a nice environment. It's, it's already human-centered. So if truly your business is human-centric, do you get If your business is truly human-centric, if it's human-centered, then things like emotional intelligence are the foundation. Things like, uh, things like, um, things like emotional intelligence, things like customer service will be the backbone, will be the fuel of your existence. So the major issue is people don't have that foundation. They just jump into a business because of the, they have the skills. It's not just about the skills. There are several components that are necessary for you to be able to sustain. So basically what I advise people, startups to do is immediately you are launching your business, come up with some things we call core values. Core values, all right? So those core values will influence your habits, your conscious and subconscious habits in your operation as a business. When you instill those core values in yourself as an individual, in fact, starting from you as the owner of a business, when you instill those core values in yourself, in the business, and they influence your operations, they influence the way you interact with your clients, they influence the way you deliver your service or your product to your client, it will reflect in your attitude and your work pattern. And when you employ staffs, they see it in you. People don't, people don't necessarily do what you tell them. They do what you show them. Okay? So um, when, when, they, when you employ them, they see the way you interrelate with clients. They have no choice but to adopt the same strategy. But if you don't have those set of core values that governs the way you operate, you would have issues. So most especially if you are not laying emphasis on your core values all the time, this is our core values, this is what we stand for, this is what we... America is where it is today because of their core values, all right? Nigeria is where it is today because... In quotes, I don't think we have core values. Which people... That would influence the way we communicate to others. That would influence the way we handle resources. All right. So all of this put together is very, very important. They are called core values because of you are not just putting them on the board on one plain paper 
and everybody will be reading it in the morning. No, they are core, core values because of it reflects in your character, it reflects in your attitude. So if business, every business has this as a conscious strategy while, while they are starting out, it will help shaping their corporate culture and to help shaping their operations, all right? So for me, core values is the, thing, is the thing. Then secondly is influence, influence. Most of the time, business owners have influence or employers have influence on their employee. So it is how you do your business most of the time, your employees will replicate. So it is very important that you pay attention to yourself as a business owner see the way you do things and when your employees see the way you do them they emulate the same thing so when there are lapses in these two things the core values of the business and also the communication pattern internal communication pattern within the owner of the business and the employee they start having issues like customer services customer service lack of emotional intelligence and all that i think i think i think that that covers my my point and all my perspective on your question. All right. Thank you so much, dear Tosi. Now, people want to connect with you, or perhaps you have offered there, or maybe that is something you are selling. Uh, I want you to use this uh, few seconds to promote yourself. Please go ahead and do that. Okay, fantastic. Um, yes, uh, my name is Tosi. I'm a business consultant and a media entrepreneur. Um, I run a digital media company, and I also do personal business consulting, business development consulting for organizations. So, at the media company, we help organizations with website development, digital marketing or media strategy, communication strategy, campaign management for people that want to, you know, do a, a specific project and all that. Thank you so much for that. Now, for somebody who is just starting out a business and they want to understand how to get the basis of communication in their business, what would you recommend for them to do? Now, to get started, what I rec what I recommend is. If, if, if they, should, they should work with an agency, okay? They should work with an agency. Um, so what an agency would do for you is they will come in, pay attention to your existing communication pattern and tell you, okay, you've been doing here. So it would be more be like a communication strategy audit as to what you guys have been doing and how you can improve on it. Do you get, and will now tell you, okay, this is better platform. This is how you should do it. So it's basically for different objectives. Some organization their major need when we when we when you are done with audits you realize some might have issues with marketing why some have issues with public relations why other has others have issues with perception so whichever pattern to which your challenges are either if you are a startup or you're an existing business an agency will tell you okay this is what you should do this is what will help you. And these are the executive plans, execution plans that will help you improve in what you need to do. I think that's what. Then for a startup that probably don't have the big money to engage an agency to say, okay, come and help me solve my communication challenge. Um, what I generally advise them is, first of all, pay attention to your um, competitors. I don't necessarily see them as competitors, but okay, let me put it this way. Pay attention to your brand model. You have to be modeling a brand. So for example, if you are a bottling company and you, you manufacture soft drinks, I would say if you are starting out in Nigeria, I would say you should model a brand like Coca-Cola or Pepsi. I don't know if you get my point. So even if you don't have 
the money to again an agency, what you can just be doing is you can just be learning and observing the brand architecture of brands like that are doing what you are doing, but they are a higher level. They use, I call it brand modeling. They use their pattern to help shape the way you want to tailor your communication. But I always generally advise, you don't have to copy. You can only learn from what they are doing and replicate yours. The last part is very important because uh, some people will just go there and begin to copy, do A, A to yeah. A copy, B to B to copy. Uh, that is going to be the <laughs> very bad in the market. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, what will be your final statement here? Because we'll talk a lot of, of things related to brand and strategy in business. Mm -hmm. So maybe that is something you want to reinforce or it can be even a message. Please go ahead and do that to conclude it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say what I have said initially. Um... Um, the human existence is where it is today as a result of evolution and changes. So what fuels our existence on a daily basis is change, is the attention we give to change. And either we like it or not, change will always come. And the only way we can remain relevant is to adapt and evolve with change. So I would say for businesses, for individuals, for organizations, keep asking yourself the question, what is changing or what is changing and that would constantly help you improve on how your business should be better how your personal development should improve and how your relationship with people should change if you if you keep asking yourself that question and if you constantly inquire what is changing you would personally develop your business will personally develop so keep changing as you keep changing keep improving at your game then keep learning. Thank you very much. Mr. Tosi, thank you so much. I appreciate the conversation. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mr. Obey. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obey podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obey A14. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.